0: Welcome to Kino Society with Owen Shapiro. In today's episode, we have Jason. Jason Carothers is a sought-after director of photography in both film and television. His latest work is Rural Summer, a new series produced by Jessica Beale for Freeform for Hulu and Amazon International. Premiered at the 2021 SXSW Festival. Welcome to Kino Society, Jason. Why did you want to go to film school? Oh, that's a great question. From a
1: small, when I was a kid, I uh, was really interested uh, in the mechanics of filmmaking. Um, I've told the story before. Like Amongst many places I grew up, I grew up in Alaska uh, as a kid, and my dad is a part-time job. Ran a uh, a single screen movie theater there. This is back in the early '80s. Uh, I remember sometimes he'd take me and you know sit me up on a couple of phone book phone books on a uh, you know on a stool and peer through the little window and kind of watch the same movie through this little you know glass view window over and over and over again. Uh, but the speakers in the theater or in the booth were broken, so I'd watch movies up there with my dad without actually being hear the sound, but just seeing the pictures and having like the projector kind of cranking away next to me. And so from a very early age, I I understood that movies were uh, also a mechanical process. It was something I was always interested in. But when I started, you know, I first started going, wanted to pursue a film. Uh, this is in the the late '90s. Um, so this is before you know, digital was was. Uh, this is really before even HD was a prevalent thing the internet there were very few resources online so when I, my initial draw to going to film school was wanting to get into film having no contacts and entering the industry at a time that although it seems kind of foreign now given that you know there's thousands of websites you know and and our you know, my iPhone takes surprisingly good video at the time it was just film and film school kind of seemed for me like the only way to kind of get a foot into the door to start trying to work towards a, a career in this industry so which school did you go to I Started off when I was 18. I went to a, a small two-year program in Scottsdale, Arizona, called uh, Scottsdale Community College. Um, they uh, at the time they had a very uh, the beginnings of a small two-year program. They have a, a much more robust program now. But from there, I moved to Chicago and got my undergrad degree. Uh, at Columbia College in Chicago uh, after I graduated from Columbia I kicked around for a while kind of the independent world uh, and then found my way to Los Angeles where I eventually got my master's degree from the American Film Institute so what's your favorite project that you made great that's a tough question um, I don't say I wouldn't say I have a favorite. You know, there are definitely some projects that I, I'm more proud of than others. Uh, anybody who's done this for a long enough time also has certain credits on the resume that uh, they are less proud of. I wouldn't say I necessarily have a favorite. I certainly have, you know, there's certainly a number of projects that stick out for particular reasons, whether it be, you know, I was very proud of the actual movie or the the relationships that I built on that project. You know, something like something like Cruel Summer uh, is definitely something I'm exceptionally proud of. Um, so I'd say that's definitely a highlight, you know, throughout my career. You know, the work that I did in Chicago Fire is very proud of. Uh, some of the movies I've done there's a movie I did years and years ago called Cold Water that had a big impact on people and people seem to really resonate with. So I don't have a particular favorite so much as I have a, certainly a number of projects I have a lot of fond memories of.
0: Are there any of them that you think you could have done that you look back on and you think that maybe nowadays you could have done better? Uh,
1: that's every project. I think I often think, you know, as soon as we wrap today, you know, on the walk back to my car and on the drive home, um, I usually find myself reflecting going, oh, you know what I should have done, you know what I could have done. I think that's inherent in the process of you know, there's something I read years ago that, I, that really resonated with me the idea that in, in the process of doing uh, of doing anything creative, in the process of doing it, you're also learning and you're growing. So it kind of creates this uh, an interesting cycle of uh, in the moment as you are cre- as you are you know, in this case for cinematography, as you are framing a shot or lighting a shot or, or setting up a camera move, In the very act of doing that, you are learning something new and growing and evolving. So by the time you're done with that shot, you've learned something from that setup. And at the very end of it, you look and go, huh, if I had to take it all down and do it over again, I might do it slightly different. So it's an interesting, it's kind of a tough question because I think the the short answer is yes. You know, looking back, I think now, obviously now, I, if I were to go back and redo any project we've done in the past, I would absolutely do them differently. Not necessarily because the work I did at the time wasn't good, uh, just because I think I'm a different cinematographer and a different person now. Uh, I think in some cases I would do some things better, and there's some things I've done in the past that I think I you know, look back and go, I I think if I tried to do the same film now, um, although it might be technically better, uh, it might not be as creatively as good. Because I think there's definitely something to be said for uh, when you're early in your career and you don't have the same amount of experience, you make a lot of you make a lot more bold, I think in some cases a lot more bold creative choices because you just don't know any better. I mean, you don't know that you know the thing you're doing maybe should scare you more. This was, it, it, I don't know that's actually I've never really thought about it, but yeah, I think. You Short answer, yeah, I would probably do some things very differently. I don't necessarily know if they would be better, but I would certainly do things differently.
0: I've heard from a lot of people that experience or knowledge tends to come at the sacrifice of creativity. I don't want to say. Uh, part of me wants to agree with that. Part of my you know,
1: instinctually, I think that's. I think that's, that's too broad of a statement. I certainly do think when you're starting off and you lack experience or technical knowledge, you you tend to tackle things from a more intuitive place of you know. Well, there's this look or there's there's this effect that I'm looking for, and I don't have the experience or the knowledge uh, to know all the you know the quote unquote right ways to do it or the the efficient ways to do it or the tools that might do it better. So you tackle it with pure creativity. And from that comes some really interesting ideas and some very interesting work that as you get older, you go, okay, well, if this is the effect I'm looking for, I have more experience. I know better tools. I've, you know, I've done things through trial and error. So you end up doing something that is perhaps more effective and efficient what you want to achieve, but not quite as creative. It's a double-edged sword. I do think there, like I said, I think early in my career, there are definitely things I look at, you know, I'll look back on some old work of mine and go, I, you know, I'm not sure if I would be as bold um, as I was then. At the same time, I go, well, that wasn't me being bold. That was that was me not knowing how far I was pushing things. So it wasn't, you know, at the time, it wasn't me intentionally being bold or making really strong creative choices. It was me, to a certain extent, not knowing that, like, what I was doing was potentially catastrophic. And I kind of got lucky. It's It's tough. At the same time, I'd also say experience... You know, I would argue that experience also lets you be more creative. Because as you know, as I get older and get more experience, uh, I find I find that when I have a creative idea, now I have more experience and knowledge to pull from to know better how to execute it. As opposed to looking at something, you know, some old work. And I remember there was a movie I did years and years ago. We had a a large night exterior that was supposed to be lit mostly by light, and I had never done it at the time, so I tackled it the best way I knew how um, and it worked well enough Um, whereas now I look back and go oh well you know having to do that again you know on a a film just a few years ago I was able to do it much more effectively and, and do it in a much more creative way because I had more experience so I think it's like anything I don't think it's a hard and fast rule I think it depends on situation to situation
0: so what's a regular work day like for you
1: Oh, I don't know if there's such a thing as a regular workday, uh, especially now in the days of COVID.
0: You know, in general, I think in
1: general, COVID notwithstanding, um, a typical workday, uh, you know, I usually get up a few hours for a call. I'll usually spend, before I leave for a set, I'll spend a few minutes to review the script for what we're shooting that day, review any notes I have for that day. Um, I make it a point to always get to the set early. So I'm usually on set at least 30 to 40 minutes before call time. I like to get there before everybody else, if possible, just so I have a few moments on the set to myself, kind of click my own thoughts. Also, if I get there and there's Something that's really problematic, you know, wrong location, and maybe I see the uh, the trucks landing in the wrong spot or something like that. It gives me an opportunity to get ahead of problems like that. Typically, you know, a, an average workday is between twelve to fourteen hours. Lunch, you know, you, sometimes they get to take a lunch. Oftentimes, lunches are uh, are taken up with other meetings, you know, whether it be uh, a production meeting about something coming up. Or you know, reviewing something from you know previous day's work, whether it's dailies or something of that nature. Uh, and after we wrap, I'll usually head home. And uh, depending on, again, depending on the production, uh, either reviewing or doing a little bit of prep work for the next day's work, uh, reviewing dailies from the previous day's work. Um, so on average, you know, twelve to fourteen hour workday, uh, and then anywhere between two to four hours of additional work, kind of before and after the day, uh, is pretty common. Now that changes obviously, you know, whether you're doing TV, uh, doing a television show or a movie. Uh, and then also, you know, with COVID uh, protocols in place now, one benefit of COVID is uh, our days are getting shorter. So all of our days are, you know, 10 to 11 hour days on average, uh, which is nice because they get to go home on a more regular schedule. Uh, it does make the actual workday a bit tougher because, you know, you're you're just trying to, trying to cram more work into the day. But that's on average what a
0: typical workday looks like. So do you think that things are going to permanently change now that's like post-COVID? That's a great question.
1: I think it's very rare that things go backwards. So I think it's inevitable that even after COVID is no longer uh, an active part of our daily lives, I think it's inevitable that certain new working practices will stick around. I mean, look, for... One of the hardest things about our job is uh, the hours. You know, it's tough to do you know 12 to 14 hour days. You know, in some cases, sometimes it's even longer than that. Unfortunately, one nice thing about COVID is keeping shorter days. I think, to a certain extent, requires productions to focus on being more efficient. It requires people to to be more efficient. Um, and there's something very nice about you know pre-COVID. If I had a, a 7 a.m. call, um, I might be able to make you know tentative dinner plans with my wife and go, okay, um, I'd love have dinner at eight. I might be done at eight. I might not be done till nine. It might not be done till 10. Now it's nice to go to, to say, okay, I've got a 7am call. I will absolutely be home by 7 p.m. We can make a dinner date at 7 p.m. Um, that quality of life, I think, is really important. So to a certain extent, I hope things like that stick around. Um, but I think it's inevitable that after you know, after COVID passes and it's not an active part of our everyday life, I think it's inevitable that there's going to be things that change with how production works. Um, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. So what do you think goes into a good shot? I think first and foremost, having an understanding of the intention and purpose of that shot. I find that often when a director says, you know, let's do a shot here. If it doesn't, if it does, if I'm struggling with, you know, what the frame should be or what the focal length should. My first question usually is, is to ask the director, like, what is, what's the, what's the purpose for this shot? What is, like, why are we doing this shot? And not in a challenging way, but in a way of trying to understand, like, is this shot, is this shot to establish the geography of a location? Is it to establish, you know, where people are within a certain space? You know, is this shot supposed to convey a certain emotion? Is this shot supposed to convey a story point? Sometimes a shot is designed simply to be an editorial piece. Where You go, well, I, we need this shot to to get us from point A to point, you know, to get to, to be the interstitial piece between shot A and C. The, the foundation for setting up a good shot, a useful shot, an effective shot is first and foremost, understand what the purpose of that shot is. Um, and that's usually, if I ever struggle, that's usually the first place I'll start is what is the purpose of the shot? Um, after that, it becomes highly subjective. You know, I think any shot that conveys the information, you know, I think at the end of the day, every shot is, just, is at its core really about... Conveying information. It's up to us as the, the storyteller to find what information that is. What information do we need to convey to an audience? Is it spatial? Is it story? Is it relational? Is it all of those things? Is it tone and mood? Um, every shot conveys information. So when you cut to a new shot. That new shot—it's conveying new information. Um, I think you need to first and foremost understand what the information is. You need to relate to the audience. I think, and that kind of ties back into well, if this is the information we need to we need to relay, then that's what the purpose of the shot is, and that's the purpose of the shot. Then this is the best way to do that shot. So, to that end, you you know, I wouldn't necessarily say you know a good shot is a pretty shot or a really dynamic shot. Sometimes that is the case. Often, for me, the some of the best shots are some of the simplest shots. Uh, because they're simple in in how they convey information. And, you know, again, I'm also typically, you know, I I think my taste, I'm not going to say style, I'd like to believe I don't have a style, and I think having style is kind of a dangerous thing for a cinematographer. My taste definitely more towards less is more. Um, So I usually find when I'm setting things up, I'm trying to actually remove things from the frame. You know, do I need you know Do I need to have all these lights? Can I? How many lights can I turn off? How many things can I remove from the frame so I can have something that's uh, more clear to an audience? I know it's a bit of a ramble, but I think the short answer to the question is. What makes a good shot is something that is effectively conveys whatever information that we need to convey to an audience and does so in a way that moves the story forward, uh, conveys that
0: information um, and doesn't distract the audience. How much of the shot do you think changes between what you've envisioned and the actual shots? That's
1: a really great question. It depends on the story, depends on the director, depends on, on hundreds of factors that go into every day. Sometimes they're things just out of your control. You know, it's not uncommon. You might go to a location and go, oh, we're going to do this. We're going to stage this scene. It's going to be great. The sun's going to be setting. We're going to we're going to time it to shoot the whole scene this way. It's going to be wonderful. And then you get there on the day and the clouds roll in. You go, well, this changes the, entire, the way the location looks. It changes how we're going to block. And so the things that you were planning on no longer apply anymore. So you end up going, well, we could keep shooting it the same way, but it's not going to be the same thing. So we should rethink what this is now. Um, it depends. You know, sometimes you know, even in like cruel summer, there were definitely things that we planned, uh, and then for a variety of reasons, you know, it, it, they just change. Sometimes you get there on the day and a better idea presents itself where you say, you know, you and the director and everybody land there and go, Well, this is the thing we've been talking about and planning for days or weeks or maybe even months. Uh, and then when you arrive. Inspiration strikes, a better idea presents itself. Somebody has a, a better idea, uh, and you hopefully are prepared enough and confident enough to roll out. There's other things where you arrive, and you go, know, okay, the thing that we've been talking about for weeks, you have prepared it and it's the right thing to do. And so you just execute it as planned. I think it changes, you know, scene to scene, setup to setup. What I definitely enjoy is I like being as prepared as possible so that when a better idea presents itself, uh, you feel confident in taking advantage of it.
0: So, how is working in television different from working in movies? It's a great question. I attribute it to a little bit like theater.
1: The biggest difference, <clears throat> creatively at least, is a movie, you can go into a location, shoot a scene, finish the scene, and as you're leaving to go home, if you suddenly realize that there's a, a different way or maybe a better way to do something, too bad the scene is shot, you've left that location, it's over. And with TV, if you shoot something, and as you're leaving, you go, you know what might have been better? Creatively, the nice thing about television is, because of the very nature of episodic, you will probably be back at that same, you may very well be back at that location the next day or later in the week or next week. Um, so it's a little bit like theater in the sense that every time you do a performance, every time you shoot, you get to learn something new that you get to reapply the next time you're in there. So if you're you know, for example, something on Cruel Summer, you know, the way we lit and shot uh, a stage location the first time would change dramatically the second time and the third time. And by the end of the season, we were able to, I believe, be doing much better work creatively, logistically, just practically, because every time we shot in those those stages or those locations, we learned something new we learned what worked, what didn't work, how to evolve things. That's a real advantage, I think. To working in television. As a broad generalization, I think schedules is also a big difference. Um, you know, schedule and production in general is always tight. There's never enough time, there's never enough money. TV in general, you have, I, I find you usually have a much more aggressive schedule. It's just again, it's just the nature of television of, you know, you have you have a lot of work to do in a very short amount of time, and there's really no safety net. Uh, so I find TV as a general rule, not always, but as a general rule. You end up having a much more aggressive work pace you have to
0: keep aside now let's go away from your work for a bit do you have any favorites movies or directors
1: i have a lot of favorite movies they also change based on the kinds of things that i'm working on or just where i'm at my life you know I, i'll always go back to the, the one I'm, I'm always a little hesitant to address this question just because it it changes you know, month to month week to week sometimes day to day um, I will say one particular movie that's always had a soft spot in my heart is, ironically, soft spot, maybe the wrong term. Uh, the movie Seven um, was actually the movie that got me into cinematography. When it came out, uh, I was working as a, an assistant manager at a movie theater, uh, and I went in towards the end of the movie to, to help clean up the theater with another employee, and I thought something was wrong. With the uh, with the projector because the credits you know when I first walked in it's like oh the credits are, are running the wrong direction so I thought something was wrong uh, and when I realized I was like oh no this is this is correct this is different this is bizarre after my shift I went in and sat down and watched the movie um, and at that point I didn't really know what cinematography was I just knew that images uh, were so had such an impact on me that it's what prompted me to even look up like what a cinematographer was um, so I, I to this day I've kind of credited that movie with sparking an interest in me in pursuing cinematography and uh, being interested in cinematography. What about television series? There's so much great television. You know, my uh, my wife and I actually just started watching a show on Amazon called "Them." Uh, we just started watching a couple days ago. That I think is fantastic. You know, over the years, you know, uh, a TV some TV shows that have had a big impact on me. Um, the uh, the Battlestar Galactica reboot um, had a massive impact on me. Um, again, kind of that sense of some really incredibly powerful, strong storytelling and a really strong sense of visuals. Yeah, there's a lot of different TV shows that that I have, you know, I get hooked on to and watch. Um, again, I'm, I'm hesitant to to start throwing them out there because it could just turn into a laundry list of, you know, all of my favorite shows. But yeah, I, I, will fi- I, I would say that these days I find I'm actually watching more television than movies. I think just because nowadays, one thing I really enjoy about television, you know, the movie you've got. Two, two and a half hours to tell a story. Uh, with television, one of the things I really enjoy is you've got a lot of time to really explore stories and characters. Um, so I think, just storytelling wise, lately I'm being drawn more and more to television because uh, I think it's a bigger canvas to tell stories on.
0: So, what would you say to someone who wants to enter the
1: world of cinema? There's a lot of things I would tell somebody. I think you know, some advice that I was given very early on, the advice was a bit aggressive. So, when I first heard it when I was younger, um, I' a little off-putting because I've gotten older I understand what it, what I think it The person actually meant. Uh, When I was starting off, somebody told me, if there's anything you could see yourself doing in life and being happy at other than filmmaking, go do that instead, which at the time I found off-putting, I think now that I've gotten older, I understand what they were trying to say, which was, you know, when you get into this, an incredibly difficult uh, profession, um, it's a very hard career. It takes a long time to get established. Um, It takes a long time to build uh, a community and relationships uh, and to build experience um, and to build a career kind of one project at a time. Um, and even when you've had a lot of work and you know everything is very kind of cyclical so there are you will have periods where you're very busy and then you will have very periods where despite your experience or talents or your contacts uh, you'll have periods where things get slow and you don't work it's a very difficult career and when i was younger you know there were definitely periods you're like all right i'm i'm working very hard and i still can't seem to quite break through and it's getting demoralizing and i'm watching friends and colleagues leave the industry to go do other things. And I think the person who gave me that advice, I think their point really was, yeah, at some point it can be very hard. If you're not, a, if you're not fully committed, save yourself the time and the trouble and go do something else and be happy doing something else instead. Um, but for me, I always kind of fell back to, this is the thing that I love to do. Um, to this day, I still feel like I'm very fortunate that uh, I get paid to do my hobby. Like I get paid to do the thing that I would go do for free anyways. Um, And that's kind of always helped me stay the course, so to speak. So that was the advice I was given. Nowadays, I look and go, look, if you, if somebody, you know, when I started off, I didn't know anybody in the industry. I had no contact. You know, I was, I was a a teenager living in in Arizona going like, Hey, one day it'd be nice to work in the movies. Somehow I've, Built a career out of this, so I feel like if I'm able to do it, anybody should be able to do it. It is a lot of hard work. It's a lot of sacrifice, and it's a lot of patience. Um, so I would, my advice nowadays to people are: if it's something you want to do, you know, understand that it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen quickly, and it needs to be. For me, at least, I think it needs to be about the work. The focus needs not be on how do I build a career, how do I how am I successful, you know, how do I get to uh, to be you know well known or respected or established. I think you need to focus on the work. Um, doing the best work you can every day on every project, and I think eventually, inevitably, a successful career will will emerge from that. But I think you need to focus on the work and understand that it's going to be a long haul. But at the end of the day, as as cheesy as it may sound, uh, it's I think it's the best job in the world. You know, and I'm I'm very grateful and fortunate
0: every day. Finally, where can my listeners find and connect with you? So the, I've got my own website, which is
1: JasonCrowthers.com. I'm active on Instagram, which I think is just J DOP that's about as much social media as I feel like I need these days. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. And then various projects, you know, as they're playing, you know, I think you mentioned earlier, Cruel Summer uh, premieres April
0: 20th on, uh, on Freeform and then Hulu. So they can also check that out as well. All right. That's all for today. Don't forget you can subscribe to Kingdom Society on iTunes and Spotify.